Welcome, everybody, to The Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank, and just thankful for everybody to be here for another exciting episode. And I want to just say a special thanks to everyone that has been subscribing to our YouTube channel, that's been liking us on Facebook, because I tell you, God is doing a work in His people. He's waking people up. He's getting us ready because Jesus is coming soon. Folks, we don't know when our last day is. We don't know when our lives are going to change in this country forever. And it's important that we are focused on God and we are ready to do whatever he asks us to do. And I tell folks, I want to encourage you when you're praying, when you're seeking God to, to begin to ask God, instead of always just saying, Lord, I need this and Lord, I need that. Why don't we start asking God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to be serve you, Lord? How can we be useful in your army as we face these last days, these trying times? Well, folks, These are trying times, and our world is in turmoil, but God has a plan, and He is doing a special work, and He is bringing revival in certain areas. He's waking people up, and yes, we see a lot of the churches asleep, but it's not everybody. There are people that are awake to the times they're on, and we are excited because tonight we have a special guest all the way from Israel, Brother Zev Parad, and he is he's coming in via Skype, and we're just so thankful to have him on here and to expand a little bit about, you know, these are some of the high holy days that we've been in, Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, now we have the Counting of the Omer, leading into Shavuot or Pentecost, and so we asked if Zev could come on and share a little bit about some of the significance of these, these times that we live in, these special feasts that are God's feasts and and how they affect us as believers. Because folks, everything God did in his word, it was for a purpose. It was for the body. It's to prepare us. So there's like shadow pictures of what's going to happen in the last days. And it's very important that we understand that. And so with that, I just wanted to say a few words about our guest. Brother Zev Parat, he runs the Messiah of Israel Ministries, and it was founded by Brother Zev, who was actually born into the Sanhedrin's family in one of the most orthodox cities in Israel. Benai Barak, his grandfather, Rabbi Pinchas Parat, was a Holocaust survivor and later became one of the head of the Sanhedrin in Israel. Certified as a Jewish rabbi, Zev never truly felt the presence of God and had drifted away from Judaism. Miraculously, he even married Lynn, when none of them were actually believers in Yeshua Jesus at the time. In 2001, they were both saved by the Lord and became living testimonies of the one new man in Yeshua Jesus, from Ephesians 2.15. Rabbi Zeb's fervent faith has brought to him and Lynn persecutions from family members, friends, and company. Praise the Lord, though. By His grace, they've stood strong in the faith throughout the period, paying a big price for believing in Yeshua. Eleven years ago, Zev was called by the Lord to give up his lucrative job and start full-time ministry, preaching the gospel to the Jews, Arabs, and Holocaust survivors, and the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, and to the nations. Messiah of Israel Ministries is one of the very few Messianic congregations in Israel actively preaching the gospel publicly in Israel. Once again, they have heavily been heavily persecuted, but God's hand has always been upon them. 
The Lord has also used Zev to reconcile with the Germans to convince Western churches on replacement theology and to teach believers on Hebraic roots of our faith. And with that introduction, I would like to bring on Brother Zev to the program. Are you there with us, Brother Zev? Shalom, Brother Frank. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much, Zev, for coming on to the program. And just thankful. Look, I know I have been beating down your door, Zev, to get you back on here. And I know you've been very, very busy in ministry. And I just want to say thank you from the Remnant Call. Thank you from my audience for taking time to come back on the show from your very busy schedule. Well, thank you, Brother Frank. It's an honor and a blessing to be here. Well, Zev, you, as you know, uh, being a person who actively partakes in Israel, being Jew by birth in God's high holy days in the feasts of, of, of his times, you know that we just, of course, finished the Passover and also the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits. And, and now, though, Zev, we're coming to a time of a period that people don't necessarily talk about as much. And it's called the counting of the Omer. And Zev, you have some insight into that. Well, absolutely. The counting of the Omer is something very, very significant. I believe that the disciples were counting the Omer. Uh, but before we talk about the counting of the Omer, I'd like us to have a look at the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And if you can read, uh, Brother Frank, verses 17 and 18, please. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Well, first of all, if we're um, looking at the original Hebrew text, the word law is an inaccurate translation. First of all, in Hebrew it says Torah. Now, what is Torah when... You and I think about Torah, or somebody thinks about Torah, sometimes they think about religion, they think about the rabbis. Well, the rabbis may have changed it, but Torah means God's instruction. Okay, so the word law, every time you read the word law, it should say God's instruction, not law. So that's uh, one correction. Second of all, the reason I chose to speak about Matthew 5, 17 and 18, before we get into the counting of the Omar, it's very significant because the counting of the Omar is in the Torah. Not in the law, in God's instruction. And if God said that not a dot will be missing, it means that the counting of the Omar still stands today because Yeshua said so and Yeshua is God. Amen to that. So it's important before we even touch on the book of, uh, of Leviticus and what is the counting of the Omar, we need to understand, does the counting of the Omar apply to New Covenant believers today? Absolutely. Uh, we just read that in Matthew 5.17 and Matthew 5.18. The question is, how do we count the Omar and what does it mean? Israel was an agricultural society. And that's why Yeshua and Jesus spoke in parables, because he knew they were an agricultural society. In the same way, the counting of the Omar is not to be taken literal, but it's to be taken spiritual. Okay, Now, they may have done it at that time before they knew that Yeshua is the Messiah in the physical aspect, but there is a spiritual meaning here. Now, an Omar is a... Is a, a is a grain of wheat, okay? And the Bible says that we're wheat in many places. Yeshua spoke about the terrors in the weeds. He spoke about the parable of the weeds, okay? So we're, we know that we're called weeds, okay? Mm -hmm. God wants us to count the Omar. Counting the Omar is, we find this in the book of Leviticus chapter 23, okay? We see the, all the feasts of the Lord, including the counting of the Omar. 
Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 17. Okay. Leviticus 23, 15 to 17 says this, And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be taken with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. Okay, so first of all, we read that we're to count up to the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50, and it really the Shavuot means weeks. So we're to count the weeks up to the Feast of Pentecost. But what is the counting of the Omar, and why does God want us to count the Omar? Counting of the Omar is the time between the Feasts of Unleavened Bread to the Feast of Pentecost, Shavuot. Okay, During that period of time, God wants us to have self-examination. God wants us to prepare ourselves. Now, we're to die in Messiah Yeshua daily, but there's something special about this period of time of year where God prepares our hearts. Now, in the Bible, we know that it's very important to realize that Yeshua, after he rose from the dead in first fruits, he appeared to his disciples. He appeared to the 500. He appeared to the fishermen during the counting of the Omar. That's very significant. We look at the book of John, chapter 20, verse 18. It says, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them, she, had, she told her these things. This happened during the counting of the Omar. Uh, we read in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 8. It, it talks about uh, that he appeared to James and all the apostles. And this is what it's speaking about, okay? So if he appeared to his disciples during the counting of the Omar, that means he's going to appear to you and I during the counting of the Omar. Now, obviously, Yeshua appears to us every day because he's, he lives inside of us. But this is talking about a certain breakthrough, a certain blessing. We're waiting for something to happen, something supernatural to happen. And this is where we're waiting for the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Shavuot, during the counting of the Omar. So I think that's very, very significant uh, that we read also in the book of John, chapter 21, Verse 1, it says, Afterward, Yeshua appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. So it's we need to all these events happening during the counting of the Omar between the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Feast of Shavuot Pentecost. Well, you know what's interesting is, Zev, my basic observation here when looking at and understanding the importance of the Omar and how it, how it you know, ties into the New Testament. But we just finished the Passover in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And now the Lord is seemingly doing a switch, and now He's saying to bring bread with leaven in it. And and not only leaven, but two loaves of bread. Why is why the sudden change in that? Well, first of all, we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Only uh, Unleavened Bread means without sin. Only Yeshua HaMashiach can be unleavened. Only Yeshua HaMashiach is without sin. We still have leaven. And the reason that God wants us to count the Omar is because this is a special period of time where God wants us to have self-examination. And during the part, the time of the self-examination, towards the end, just before Shavuot, just before Pentecost, he wants us to bring the best we have with with the with the leaven. And if you can read that again, chapter uh Leviticus 23, we'll read verses 15, 16, and 17 again. 
Okay, 15, 16, and 17. And ye shall count unto you the morrow after the Sabbath from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth steels. They shall be a fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. So we see that we counted the Omar. Yeshua appeared to us. We died in Messiah Yeshua. And now towards the end, he's telling us to bring, bring your best. He says, bring your best, but your best still has leaven. The message is that Yeshua says, all of us have fallen short of the glory, but through him, we become righteous. Through him, we become priests. He's the high priest and we become priests through him. And he's saying, I'm going to show you that the best that you have is still with leavened. There's nothing you can do to clean the leaven out. You've got to come to Yeshua HaMashiach. You've got to believe that he rose after three days, that he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of Lord. He is God. And only through him can you become unleavened. And this is the message here that God is saying, you are not capable of doing it on your own. Your best still has leavened. And that's the reason why God says, bring the best you have with leavened, because only he's unleavened. The second reason is we see two loaves of bread. If we turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 15, we hear Paul speaking about the one new man. There's always one in the Bible. Even the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one. If there's two of something, it's not from God. It's always got to be the concept of one. One new Jerusalem. One God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one. And the two loaves of bread with leaven represent the nations and Israel, the one new man. That if you, that we together, we still have leaven, but we become one in Yeshua. And the high priest was, if the Bible says the high priest was to wave it. Now, if you have a picture of a high priest waving the two loaves of bread with leaven, it's a picture of the cross. And it shows that Yeshua HaMashiach is the Messiah, is God for all nations. And he's waving the leaven. He's taking the leaven on him of the nations and of Israel. That's why it's two loaves of bread. And through him, we become righteous. Through him, we become priests. Through him, we become the one new man, spiritually Israel, in the new Jerusalem, forever and evermore. And that's the deep meaning of the counting of the Omar and why God says your best still has leaven. Okay, so now I see it's a little clearer. The picture is becoming that the Feast of Unleavened Bread, we're dealing specifically with Yeshua in what He is, who He is, how He's the Passover Lamb. Now the focus is coming over on the Omer. It is about us and our sin. And I see this transformation now. Um, as you're speaking, I was recognizing that uh, the transfer in this feast to to us. Well, it's all the whole Bible is about Yeshua, but the Bible, the whole Bible points that you and I, we can't do anything to enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. We cannot meet God's standard. Okay, what is the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments is God's moral standard. Yes, we cannot meet God's moral standard only through Yeshua Hamashiach. And He says, "I want to show you this all through the Bible." Moses spoke about Messiah Yeshua in Deuteronomy eighteen. Verses 15 to 17, he says, a prophet from among you will come. You must listen to him. What, is he, what was he speaking about? Speaking about Yeshua HaMashiach. And right now here, he's telling them, the high priest is going to wave two loaves of bread with your best offering, with leaven. Once again, showing that there's nothing that we can do to make it to the kingdom. The high priest, Yeshua HaMashiach, on the cross, only he can take our sin. Only he can bear our sin. 
and through his blood we become righteous and that's the message the gospels all over all over the the old testament and the new testament in fact that's what yeshua spoke about in the book of matthew chapter 5 verse 17 and 18 nothing is abolished but everything is fulfilled that's what he's speaking about the fulfillment of the cross the fulfillment of the first fruits the fulfillment of your best offering to the lord your best cannot make it to the kingdom it's got to be waived by the high priest on the cross yeshua hamashiach mm, hallelujah that's wonderful that's wonderful because okay so now we we've, we've come through the feast of unleavened bread yeshua and, and and how he was unleavened and now he's taking us the leaven and he's waving them before and and his sacrifice and everything and now he's got you know this ability to take us through based on what he has done he is our way he is the door and and he is our high priest and all this wonderful stuff but now we're going towards Shavuot the next feast, which is leading it to, through this uh, Omer that we've been counting. Um, how does this begin to tie together? Well, another thing is, first of all, if you look at the Omar, and the Omar, the, the, high, the Israelites were to gather the wheat from the fields. Okay, now if you gather the wheat from the fields, and then they take take the wheat and make it one big bundle, one big Omar, and then grind the bundle up from the field, and make those two loaves of bread. So it's a picture of the harvest coming in. Okay, bring in the harvest, bundle it up as one new man, one mishpacha, one family, and then make, grind two loaves of bread out of it, the nations in Israel, the one new man. It's a beautiful picture. Okay, Zev, so now I'm transporting from the time in the book of Leviticus 23, I'm coming forward to the actual Yeshua. It's right before the Feast of Shavuot. It's during the time of Omer. After 40 days, he ascends up to heaven. And we know as New Covenant believers, we understand that what happened on Pentecost, on Shavuot, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But why did Yeshua have to wait? Why couldn't he have just given them the Holy Spirit then? Why did they have to wait? another 10 days until this festival? Well, that's a very good question, uh, Brother Frank. Well, first of all, we read in Matthew 5.17, Matthew 5.18, that Yeshua said nothing is done away with. Now, if it was given in a time of Moses, the commandment was to count seven weeks, okay, in the counting of the Omar. Yeshua had to fulfill that because Yeshua is the Torah. The book of John 1, 1 says, and the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He is the walking Torah. And therefore, everything he does must fulfill the walking Torah to the T. And if it says in the book of Leviticus to count seven weeks, he couldn't have given the Holy Spirit before that because he would be contradiction of scripture. And he is the Torah. That's the first reason. The second reason is why did God command to count seven weeks. Why not six weeks? Why not five weeks? Well, because number seven is the number of perfection. Number seven is the day God rested. Number seven is the is the counting of the of the uh, uh, Shemitah. Seven times seven is forty nine fifty, and that's the Jubilee. And that's the reason why we had to uh, why he had to have them wait ten days because he was fulfilling the Torah because he is the Torah, and he couldn't do anything contradicting to the Torah. Another reason, another observation is this. If Yeshua would have given the Holy Spirit immediately, they would not have a time to make a choice. And God never forces his blessing on you. You give people 10 days and you'll find out who the real deal is. You'll find out who's loyal. You'll find out who's really serving you. And it was a time for them to seek the Lord when he wasn't there and to accept the Holy Spirit. So that's the reason he didn't give it to them immediately, because 
there would be no choice over there. And God always gives a choice. In the book of Revelation, when he says he's knocking on the door, he's not knocking on the door of the unbelievers. He's knocking on the door of the believers. Amen. Well, you know, as you were saying earlier, um, the Omer we're doing here, it, it's its its obviously the presenting of the 11 uh, the uh, leavened loaves of bread, but it was also a time to prepare, to sanctify, to get ready for something that was coming. Now, the interesting thing is we know that there was still a 10-day period until the the outpouring of the Spirit of God when they were meeting in in the upper room, and then we all that know the story understand the power that God came in. What I'm asking, I guess, Zev, is that was this a one-time thing? Do is this something we we repeat every year because we need the Spirit to be poured out again, or is this did this already take place and now we're just we're, we can have it at any moment, or why are we still concerned about this feast today? Well, a lot of people think that the first Shavuot, the first Pentecost, was uh, was in the upper room, and if, if we look at the original Hebrew, it's not really an upper room; it's the upper sanctuary. Okay, and we're the sanctuary of God. The upper room is a is just a translation, um, so it's not an upper room. It's in the temple on the top somewhere. Okay, this is number one. Number two, we need to realize that the first Pentecost happened in Mount Sinai, where three thousand uh, died, and in Pentecost and Shavuot, 3,000 uh, were saved. Later on, more were saved, but 3,000 were 3,000. In the book of Ecclesiastics, chapter 1, verse 9, it says everything that was will happen again. There's nothing new under the sun. It happened in Sinai. 1,500 years later, it happened in the upper room or in the top of the sanctuary of the temple. So everything that was will happen again. Now, the reason that we're celebrating it every year is because God said so in his word. He said that his feasts stand forever, and forever means forever. Yeshua said in Matthew 5, and not a dot will be missing. Not a dot means not a dot. And therefore, every year we celebrate the feast of the Lord until his return, and then we celebrate with him forever. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the eternal, uh, eternal redemption. He's the Lion of Judah. So basically we do it because God said so. The question is, if you and I we have the Holy Spirit. We've already got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What are we waiting for during the counting of the Omar? We're not in the position that the disciples were because they were waiting for the helper, for the Holy Spirit. We already have the Holy Spirit. What are we waiting for? And the answer is this. Just like we counted the Omar and our best is still not good enough. We still have Levit. So we have the Holy Spirit, but we have to die in Messiah Yeshua daily. And we'll never have enough fire that he returns. And every year, during the counting of the Omar, we ask God for more fire, more revelation, more baptism of the Holy Spirit, more of Yeshua HaMashiach, more of that fire when he comes back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah to take back everything the enemy has stolen. That's what we're waiting for. We want more and more and more. And that's what, that's the intent. You know, we're counting the Omar, we're waiting for that fire to come. How much fire? The more fire, the better. We'll never have enough fire till he returns. Amen. Well, Zev, I guess, you know, it seems like you're right. We need more fire. But before that 
that promise was given when Yeshua told them to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Spirit came, that they didn't just, you know, sit around and twiddle their thumbs and, well, we'll just wait here until the promise comes, but they were actively seeking God with all their heart. Yet today, it seems like that that the this Holy Spirit is not being poured out, now it is in some places, but not in the abundance like it is was back then. Zev, are we missing something? You're right. The disciples were not sitting around. They were counting the Omar. The first believers in Yeshua, they were Jews. They were followers of Yeshua. Yeshua was an Israelite. And they were doing exactly what the Torah says to do because Yeshua is the Torah. They weren't sitting around. They were counting the Omar. They were waiting for something big to happen. And if we count the Omars, uh, I don't know if we're missing something, but we need to be in God's word in God's timing, in God's calendar, in God's provision, and then the blessings on the way, the windows of heaven open up. The Bible says that the Torah, the commandments, the first Pentecost, the first Shavuot was written on stone. But the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put my new spirit in you. I'll remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So basically, the heart of stone is talking about the first Shavuot was written on stones, but the second Shavuot was written on our hearts, and that's what it's talking about. It's a heart issue. Our heart has to be with Yeshua HaMashiach. When it says in the book of Luke chapter 13, verse 27, it says, depart from me, I never knew you. It's not speaking about like you and I know each other. It's speaking about ve'adam yada et chava. The word know there is an intimate relationship, and Adam knew his wife. Depart from me. I never knew you. That means you never had a relationship with me. You were never sanctified. You never had a relationship with the groom. The bride has to have a relationship with the groom. And that's what it's all about. It's not about religion. It's not about knowing a Bible verse more or less. It's about that intimate relationship. If we don't have that relationship with Yeshua, then he's going to tell us, depart from me. I never knew you. And the word knew there, once again, I'm repeating it, is the same word. Ve'adam yadayat chava. And Adam knew his wife. It's speaking about an intimate relationship. And that's what we're missing. We're missing that intimate relationship, that fire. That's what we're waiting for in the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Pentecost. Lord, give us the fire. And if we have the fire, the blessings on the way. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything will be added to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Zev, I, I appreciate this because for me, I, I see the power that that God did in the first century church, and, and I see the power that's going on in many places in the world today. And But yet I see the flip side so often, and, and that's the side where it seems like we want the blessing. We want God to pour it out, but we don't want to take the time alone with Him. And, and it's interesting to me that, you know, when Yeshua, He had went to John the Baptist, he was baptized, he had every gift given to him from the Father. I mean, by modern day terms, Yeshua could have opened up the mega church of all mega churches with the gifts that he had. But instead, he went to the desert and he spent time in prayer and fasting. And then you flip over to the upper sanctuary, as you corrected our understanding of that. And, and they sought the Lord for those 10 days with all of their heart until the Bible said they were of one accord. They were they were the same in purpose and in, and in belief and in spirit. And, and Zev, I feel like there's a problem today where people aren't willing to do that 
that sanctification, that setting themselves, I guess I should say, we're not willing to count the Omar anymore. We just want the blessing. It's not possible to get the blessing only by, you know, asking for the blessing from God, you know, doing, you know, a do list. We have to count the Omar, which is really self-examination, self-sanctification. And, you know, I had somebody ask me uh, this question actually last week, Brother Frank. He said, wait a minute, but, you know, I've never counted the Omar. I've never... I've never done all these things, and I've got blessings from God. God's poured blessings on me. Don't abuse God's grace. We're under grace. The Jews are under grace. The nations are under grace. But grace will come to an end, and great judgment will come. And if you're blessed and you're not having a relationship with God, then God is calling you to that relationship. And don't abuse God's grace, because grace will come to an end. Hey, hallelujah to that. And I, I like that you mentioned that grace, because according to the book of Romans, grace came that sin would no longer have dominion over us. And that, to me, ties right back in to this counting of the Omar. You know, sin has been permeated in the body of believers. Our, our best works are as filthy rags, but grace came to defeat this, that it would no longer, that sin would no longer reign in our lives. Not that we could do whatever we want, but grace came that we would have victory and not defeat. And I find... Amen, Brother Frank, but we, we're not to abuse God's grace. Grace is not instead of being obedient to God. It's not instead of having a relationship with God. The bride has to get to know the groom. Otherwise, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm, and those are the most scary words ever uttered in the entire Bible. And I believe that with all my heart. Well, Zev, this has been a very fascinating and, and, and amazing teaching, and I appreciate you coming on here to help us understand uh, more about these days that we're in. Uh, you know, counting the, the Omar, it's not something that's been uh, talked about a lot. We talk about the feasts, and, and but understanding the importance of why they did this it is a time of setting self-examination, of preparation, of seeking God, asking Him to, like as King David, you know, search my heart, O Lord. Those types of times. And, and believers, I just want to encourage you to be willing to ask God in and say, Lord, search me. Find if there's something evil in me. Show me what it is and set me free, Lord, that I can enjoy that blessing of an outpouring of the fullness of of the Spirit. You know, Zev, Yeshua said that we would do even greater works than Him. And when I think about that, that's such a powerful thing, and yet we see this promise of the outpouring of the Spirit, Zev. Yeshua said we can do greater things than Him, absolutely, in the name of Yeshua, but we have to do it God's way, not our way. And God has certain order in the Bible, and we have to follow His order in order to receive the full blessing. If we just want the blessing without the order, that doesn't go. That's why Jesus said, Yeshua said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything will be added to you. That's what he meant. Yes, we can do greater things. Yes, we can raise the dead. We can heal the blind. We can do everything in the name of Yeshua. But it has to be done his way, not our way. Well, amen to that. Thank you so much. Uh, Zev, as we close out this program, 
uh, I just want to say thank you so much. And, and folks, we're going to have a part two because we're going to bring Zev back because there's some exciting stuff that's going on in Israel right now. And we've got to share it with the believers because God is reaching. We hear the great stories of what's going on in Africa and in China and in South America, but God is working on his Jewish people too. He's waking us up. This is a party for everybody. God's bringing us all in at the last days. And Zev is at the forefront of this battle uh, to win the heart of the the Jewish people back to their Savior. Folks, it's natural for a Jew to be a believer in Yeshua. That's the way it was supposed to be. And so God is doing that work right now. But, But Zev, as we close this program out here, could you give the believer just a word of encouragement about this time we're in right now, the counting of the Omar? Zev, what would you say the Lord is speaking to us at this moment? God is telling us to prepare, not just for the Feast of Shavuot. That's just the foreshadow. He's telling us to prepare for his second coming. He's coming soon. I'm not a date setter. I don't know when Yeshua is coming, but I know that there's never been a generation closer to the coming of Yeshua the Messiah than this generation. And he's telling us to prepare for his second coming, to get to know the groom, to get to hear the sound of the shofar, because he's coming back with the trump, the Bible says. He's going to call his bride up to meet him in the air. And that's what the picture is. It's not just for the feast. The feast is just a foreshadow. It's just a preparation. The feasts are just dress rehearsals. We're waiting for the real thing. But if we don't go through the dress rehearsal, how are we going to ever be prepared for the real deal? With the sound of the trump, we meet the Lord in the air and go home. Amen. Zev, how can our people stay in contact with what's going on with the Messiah of Israel ministry? How, how can they uh, keep up with the news of what's happening over there in Israel? Well, you're welcome to join me at messiahofisraelministries.org or zephoratministries.com. Uh, we've got a face, we got two Facebook uh, channels or YouTube channels. We have blogs. And if uh, you can't find that, just Google my name, Zephorat, and everything will pop up. We have an opportunity for you to sign up for newsletters where you can get updates from Israel, live evangelistic updates, live videos, uh, a lot of information about what's going on in Israel, how to pray for Israel, and let's bring in that final harvest. Let's bring in that one new man. Well, Zev, we've been speaking about harvest, and you're coming back next week, and there is currently a harvest that's going on in Israel. Zev, can you just give us a little bit of insight of what you can share with us in the next program? Well, this is really exciting, Brother Frank, because we're right before Pentecost, right before Shavuot, and yes, there is a harvest in Israel, and a lot of it has to do with the roofs out there, with all you roofs out there that are standing with Israel, praying for Israel, and enabling us to bring in that last harvest. You're all part of it. It's all a one-man harvest. Souls are being saved in Israel. We're seeing end-time stuff. Jews, Orthodox Jews, rabbis, Muslims, atheists coming to the Lord. It's absolutely amazing what's going on. A lot of it has to do also with the evangelistic tool, the book, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. There's a lot of amazing things uh, happening. Well, folks, that thank you, Brother Zev, for sharing that with us. I want to encourage you, folks, as we're leading up to this time of this upcoming, the Feast of Pentecost, the Shavuot, remember, this is the time when we get in our prayer closets. This is the time when we shut the door, when we get alone, and we begin to ask God to search us deeply. You know, God wants to do a work in us, but if we're not willing, He will not force Himself upon us. But if we are willing, He is able. And I'll tell you what— 
you will be shocked when you see the power of the Spirit poured out in the fullness of a believer who is seeking their Heavenly Father with all their heart. And so this is Brother Frank and Brother Zev from the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in 